Hello and welcome to the final talk in our present series on Search for Truth. Thank you for joining us. Our series has been about Christian integrity, living out what we profess to be. But there is always the Christian's enemy, the devil or Satan, who goes about, as the Bible tells us, seeking someone to devour or distract from the disciple pathway. So to be strong in our Christian faith, we need to be equipped to resist the devil. And that's the subject of Brian's final talk today. So over to you, Brian. Thanks, John. In 1974, a rich heiress by the name of Patty Hearst was kidnapped by a radical group known as the Symbionese Liberation Army. There were several negotiation attempts for her release, but they all failed. Then it seemed like the next we knew she was assisting her captors two months later in a bank robbery. She was arrested and put on trial. During her trial, her defence was that she'd been suffering from what was called Stockholm Syndrome a condition in which victims depend on their captors for so long and then they become sympathetic to them. Her defence failed, however, and Hurst was convicted and sentenced to prison. We are so easily persuaded by our captor to do his will. Our captor is the devil. He oppresses us and tries to devour us. But too often we don't even resist, but willingly take part in his evil schemes. It's like a spiritual Stockholm Syndrome. When I was reminded of Patty Hearst, I got to thinking about 2 Timothy chapter 2, where Paul says to Timothy, Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. See what I mean about the devil taking us captive. And then, all too readily, it seems, we fulfil his agenda, not the Lord's. We can shake our head in disbelief about the actions of someone like Paddy Hurst, who sided with her captors, but we often fail to see that we do exactly the same. The devil takes us captive and we end up doing his will. The instructions we've read were the Apostle Paul's instructions to Timothy if he was going to be a true servant of Jesus Christ, or, as it's put here, the Lord's bondservant. The role of being the Lord's bondservant is open to any one of us, anyone who puts doing the Lord's will at the forefront of his or her life. In order to do that, there are things that we must run away from. Paul describes them as youthful lusts and avoiding being quarrelsome. Those are things that we must run away from. And there are also things that we are to run after, like righteousness, faith, love and peace, while worshipping with a pure heart. Then there's the kindness, gentleness and patience, which is especially necessary when teaching others to know the will of God more carefully. And all the time, sidestepping, time-wasting debates. These things can be said in a few words, but living up to them is challenging, isn't it? It's tough even to know sometimes when it's worth continuing in a debate. Defending our faith is one thing, and we've got to be prepared to do it, but many engage in debate with us who are not true searchers after truth. They love the sport of debate, but they don't love the truth. In a mountain village in the Far East, 
I recently met a man like that. He denied Jesus was more than a man. He kept trying to make a big deal out of the fact that the Bible doesn't record Jesus as ever saying directly, I am God. After pointing out that he was making God a liar by disbelieving the Bible's clear testimony in verses like Titus 2 and verse 13, where Jesus is described as our great God and Saviour, I had to leave with him the challenge of whether in his life he had ever said, I am human. The fact that he hadn't didn't disprove his obvious humanity, of course. But then we have to turn from such as refuse to love the truth, for to continue to answer them simply gives them multiplied reasons for misinterpretation. The servant of the Lord will always experience opposition. It stems from our adversary, the devil, who also tries to directly trap or ensnare us in his schemes. We have to confess he's quite successful. He knows as long as we stay close to God, he's got no power over us. So he tries to keep us busy with non-essentials, to tempt us to overspend and go into debt, to make us work long hours to maintain empty lifestyles. The devil also tries to discourage us from spending family time and to overstimulate our minds with television and computers so that we can't hear God speaking to us. The devil also tries to fill our coffee tables with newspapers and magazines so we've no time for Bible reading. He floods our mailboxes with promotions and get-rich-quick schemes to keep us chasing material things and puts glamorous models on television and on magazine covers to keep us focused on outward appearances. That way we'll be dissatisfied with ourselves and with our partners. The devil makes sure that married couples are too exhausted for physical intimacy and that way we'll be tempted to look elsewhere. He tries to make us overcommitted to good causes, to the extent that we don't have any time for eternal ones. The devil tries to make us self-sufficient and to keep us busy working in our own strength, so that we'll never know the joy of God's power working through us. In any one of these dozen or so ways, we can be co-opted by the devil to do his will. He did it with Peter, and he did it with Ananias and Sapphira. With Peter, the devil got him to concentrate on human, worldly matters. With Ananias and Sapphira, it was a case of exploiting their greed and desire to be seen to be more spiritual than they really were. We can all too easily fall into the same traps. As our captor, the devil easily persuades us to do his will. Too often, we don't even resist, but willingly take part in his evil schemes. As we said, when we reviewed the story of Patty Hearst, it's like a spiritual Stockholm Syndrome, where, if we recall... Stockholm Syndrome is the term given to the psychological phenomenon when people who've been taken hostage end up switching sides. Bob Dylan, the singer, once sang a song, You Gotta Serve Somebody, and he was right. The Apostle Paul puts it like this in Romans chapter 6. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts, and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, resulting in death, or of obedience, resulting in righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart 
to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Before we came to know Christ, we were slaves to sin. As Jesus said, anyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Even after we are saved, we still sin. In fact, the Apostle John tells us that to say otherwise is to make God a liar. There's no sinless perfection this side of heaven. But by relying on the power of God's indwelling spirit, there's no longer any reason either for sin to dominate our lives as it once did before we came to know Christ. Under the law, people couldn't gain the mastery over sin in their lives. But we are not under law, we are under grace. This makes a vital, practical difference, which obviously is why Paul says it there. By the grace of God, we can present ourselves to God for his service. We can use our minds and hands to do his will and to advance his purposes in our lives. For sure, we've got to serve somebody. It's a stark choice. Either we're obedient slaves to sinful practices or obedient slaves to righteous living. As baptised followers of Christ, which is the whole context of Romans chapter 6, it's clear that we should be committed to doing what's right at every opportunity. Paul talks here in Romans chapter 6, in fact it's in verse 17, about the form or pattern of teaching. This, of course, is what's known biblically as the Apostles' teaching, which Paul and the other Apostles taught as from the Lord himself. The idea here is that this body of Christian doctrine acts like a mould to shape our lives in service for the Lord Jesus. It's not just information for our heads. It's presented here as the way of righteousness. It's precisely obedience to the pattern of biblical teaching set out by the apostles of Christ that defines for us Christian living, righteous living. When you pour water in a glass and freeze it, the now frozen water takes the shape of the glass. Just as the water was presented to the glass, we are presented to the pattern of New Testament teaching so that our lives are truly shaped by it so as to do what's right. May God help us to do that.
This is your last opportunity to send for the free booklet for this series. So if you'd like one, send for the title No Compromise and you can contact us by email or by post. Here's the address. Search for Truth, Church of God, Leicester, LE5 6LN UK. The email address is sft at churchesofgod.info and you can also find some past Search for Truth programs and helpful material on our website www.searchfortruth.org.uk It's been a pleasure to have your company today and I hope you'll join us next week for the start of a new series. But until then, it's our very best wishes from Brian, uh, David and me and our singer-musician David Woods. So goodbye for now and may God richly bless you.